Keep your hands reached out and just say, Lord, bless Pastor Darby. Anoint him to deliver your word tonight. Power, clarity, in Jesus' name, amen. Bless you. Thank you, Prophet John. It's a privilege to be here. I'm excited to be here. Somebody shout, there is a move. I don't know about you, there's something in the atmosphere. We felt it, there's something, there's a shift. And I believe that every church and every minister, uh, pastor will just take in this atmosphere. And I'm going to tell you, South Africa is going to be shaken. South Africa is going to be shaken. So we are excited what he's doing. We are in Marble Hall, like you've heard, a small place. And we are there now for 23 years. Somebody will move through Marble Hall and say, who can live in that place? But I can tell you, God is moving. I'm here as a testimony to tell you, you don't have to be big to make a difference. I'm here to encourage some pastors in this place. You don't have to be big to make a difference. And we are now for the last 23 years, we are in Marble Hall and we are seeing the impact. And when we talk about Marble Hall, we talk about the Loscombe Valley, that's Groblersdal, Rutan, that whole area. We believe we are here to make a difference. And I want to encourage you. Be encouraged that you don't have to be big to make a difference. And do you know what? I can also encourage you. God can use ordinary people. When we started, I want to tell you, I am a surprise party to many people. When we started the church, many people were laughing at us. And we, when we called our church world shakers, uh, they, were, they were laughing at us. The day I got married to Madeleine, they said, He doesn't have anything, um, he's just got a Bible school education, he will never have the ability to provide for, they were laughing at us, and laughing at me, but I'm going to tell you, somebody here, you are going to be a surprise, you are going to be a surprise, you are going back to your city past, and you're going to be a surprise to those people around you. But I want you in this atmosphere, in the next 45 minutes, I want you to believe, and we're going to see a resurrection and a release. Yeah. Somebody say resurrection, resurrection. and a release. Resurrection. Somebody's watching on live stream at this moment. Something is about to happen in that room, in that place. There's going to be a resurrection, and there's going to be a release. Because there's something that needs to happen. You know, you can ask me, or not what I eat, or what I live. Ask me what it is I live for, and what it is that I That keeps me from living fully for that. What is keeping you from living fully? Because so many people feel more dead than alive, asleep than awake, and numb than passionate. And I'm here to declare that the sleeping giant is waking up. That's what you will hear the word tonight. The sleeping giant, the church is waking up. Because we need an awakening church. We need a revived church. And this is what this whole weekend is about. And I want to declare we need a revived church. And what is the ingredients for a revived church is resurrection and a release. Somebody say resurrection and a release. See, the word revived means to be restored to consciousness or life. For too long we were unconscious. More harm is done through weak people than wicked people. 
More harm is done through weak people than weak people than wicked people. The world is a dangerous place, not because of those who do evil, but because of those who look on and do nothing. Our problem is not numbers. Church, our problem is not numbers. There's 70 million born-again, spirit-filled Christians on the earth. The problem is not numbers. But we need a generation awakened. I believe we are moving into a season and we are going to um, see the church awaken. Because the giant is sleeping. The giant is asleep, but I, I believe that something is about to be shaken. Shake us to wake us. Shake us to wake us. And it will have an impact into our communities. I believe we are going back. I'm going back to Marble Hall. You're going back to where you are coming from. And we are going to shake our communities. We are going to shake this nation. But he wants to do something first in our hearts and in our lives. And we need to understand in every generation that the world is changed. It's by a few people who stand for something do not fear unpopularity and dare to make a difference. Shake somebody next to you and tell them, make a difference. And we are not making a difference because we are asleep. But it's a time for awakening. Ephesians 5 verse 14 says, wake up from your sleep. Climb out of your coffins. Hmm. After... This evening, I want to, I believe you are getting out of your coffin, getting out of that limitation. And he says, Christ will show you the light. See, there's too many unwise virgins sleeping. There's too many Jonas in the storm sleeping. While there's a storm on the outside, they are sleeping in the boat. Mm. Your family, I'm speaking to some husbands. I'm speaking to some fathers. Your family is going through a storm. And the reason they are going through a storm is because you are asleep. Mm. We are asleep. And I, I want to say our communities, our nation, and not all of that is the fault of the church. But I want to say most of the storms is because the church is asleep. But I, I hear something in the atmosphere. As we were interceding, as we were praying, something shifted in the atmosphere. Something's about to happen. The giant is waking up. The giant is waking up. And he needs to understand, it's time for fathers, it's time for mothers to wake up. I know some of my wife is hitting her husband now in the ribs and say, that pastor from the farm is preaching to you. Where are you? But I'm here to declare it's time to wake up. It's time for fathers to wake up. It's time for mothers to wake up. Wives, it's time to wake up. And all the men say amen. Come on, help me now preach. Yeah, we can handle it. Zechariah 4 verse 1 said, And the angel that talked with me came again. And wake me as a man that is wakened out of his sleep. See, God is waking up his church. But the church is sleeping. Why? 
For a moment, let me talk to you. There's two reasons that I want to look at. And one of the reasons the church is asleep is because of the spirit of Delilah. It's going to get hot in this place. Because of the spirit of Delilah, the church is asleep. It says in Judges 16 verse 19, And she made him sleep upon her knees, and she called for a man, and she caused him to shave off the seven locks of his head, and she began to afflict him, and his strength went from him. When did he lose his strength? Not when she cut cut off his hair, when she afflicted him. Okay, you will see now what the word afflicted means. We're going there. But I, I'm here to say the church has lost its influence. And probably you've heard about the seven mountains, gates of influence. But because we have lost our influence in our family, now there's discouragement. Because we've lost our influence in education, there's now humanism. Because we've lost our influence in the arts and entertainment, there's immorality. Because we've lost our influence in government, there's corruption. Because we've lost our influence in the media, there's fear. We see there's greed in business and pride in the church because the church has lost its influence. If you ask me what my, my ministry is all about, I am a reformer that are waking up the church to walk in power and influence. That's what I'm called to do. And hopefully somebody's going to be awakened tonight. And that something is about to happen in the next few minutes that I believe that there will be a transformation that will have an impact so that we, have, we will have a reformation. We need a reformation in our land, in this nation, in our churches. But it starts with a transformation on the inside. Somebody shout transformation. But the spirit of Delilah has made us to be sleeping. But we see that Samson lost his strength because he was afflicted. Afflicted. If you look at, from the beginning, he gave her the secrets to lose his strength. He said in the first place, bind me with green cords. It's a bowstring. If you go and study further, you, you will see it's catgut. Catgut is a type of cord that is prepared from the natural fiber found in the walls of animal intestines. So at the end, as a Nazarite, you're not supposed to touch dead things. So the moment he was bound with green cords, already he touched dead things. But he didn't lose his power. He didn't lose his strength. The next, it says new ropes. Uh, once again, it talks about twisted grapevines. You're not as a Nazarite, you're not supposed to touch, drink, or drink anything as a Nazarite. But he touched it, and he didn't lose his strength. The third time, he said to her, weave my seven locks. He was saying, my commitment as a Nazarite, I'm giving it up. And still, he didn't lose his strength. But the fourth time, he blew it. And I wanted to say, Samson, wake up. Come on, this girl is taking you somewhere you don't want to go. Once, twice, the third time. But still he kept his strength. But then you see in Judges 16 verse 18, And when Delilah saw that he had told her all his heart, she sent and called for the lords of the Philistines, saying, Come up this once, for he has shown me all his heart. Somebody say, all his heart. Then the lords of the Philistines came upon unto her and brought money into her hand. The moment 
he showed her or give her his whole heart. That word afflicted, if you study it, it means it's the idea of someone exercising control over someone. See, she was controlling the previous times. She was controlling him physically, emotionally. And she tried to afflict him, and it didn't work. But he lost his strength the moment he gave her his heart. Now she had him physically, emotionally, and spiritually. What happened? What only belonged to God as a Nazarite, Samson took from God and gave it to Delilah. Samson said to God, I love her more than I love you. And now Delilah had his heart. And I want to say the spirit of Delilah is after our hearts. And the church is asleep because we need to be a people that will serve God wholeheartedly. If we want to see a difference in South Africa, we cannot serve God half-heartedly anymore. He needs everything. You will see in Jeremiah 3.10, he says, And yet for all this, her treasurer's sister Judah hath not turned unto me with a whole heart. What does it mean to give God your whole heart? See, that word treasurer's means it's the idea of covering or a wrapping. You will give God a gift. If I give somebody a gift and I just give them the box, if they gave me that present and there was nothing on the inside, I will say thank you. But I will, I will be searching. What is, there's nothing on the inside. And how many times are we giving God something with just the wrapping? Nothing on the inside. And he's talking to us. He's after people that will give him their whole hearts. See, Judah really looked good and godly on the outside. They gave their tithes, their sacrifices, their praises. They kept the law. They attended worship services. They appeared on the outside so holy. But God is asking for your whole heart. To give God your whole heart means to be taken captive by Him, to be His prisoner. That's what that word means. God, I want to be your prisoner. I don't want to live for myself anymore. And the church is sleeping because Delilah has got a heart. That's your whole heart. Today I want to challenge you. Does your whole heart belong to him? There's a song sang and it says, How can I build your kingdom if I am building my own? You be my treasure if I am digging for gold. You be my fire if my heart has grown cold. You be my future if I've made this my home. I say I need you and live on my own. I say I want you and never come close. I say I surrender and never let go. I say I love you to someone I don't know. But, but you need to understand God is asking for your heart wholeheartedly. And we need to understand He has already given His heart to us. This is scripture. It's Song of Solomon 4 verse 9. It says there, you have ravished my heart, my sister, my spouse. You have ravished my heart with one of your eyes, with one chain of your neck. Yet, speaking of Solomon and the Shumalite woman, an ordinary girl is passing him. He's got guards. People protect him. And one look of that young girl ravished his heart. What does that word ravished mean? It's like a tree. You know, you cannot 
really harm a big tree, but when you take away the bark of that tree, that tree is now vulnerable and it can be damaged. What Solomon was saying, I'm opening my heart. Here is my heart. You have ravished my heart. If we see in the same way with God, God is saying to us, you have ravished my heart. When you worship Him, you look up to heaven with that love in your eyes, and you've caused God to rip the bark from His heart. As He says to you, I may be God, a towering giant to you that seems invulnerable, but I'm stripping the bark of the tree of my heart. I'm exposing myself to you. I'm making myself vulnerable to you. I'm giving you my heart. And just with one look of your eye, I want to say in worship, he's stripping, he's, you are ravishing his heart, and he's stripping open his heart, and he's saying, yeah, he's my heart. Yeah, he's my everything. He's not holding back anything. He's giving you everything. He's asking us in this day, do you live completely holy for him? But so many people are allowing the spirit of Delilah to entice them, and now they're living for God and for certain other things. I'm here to challenge somebody. Give him everything. If we want to see revival, it will cost us everything. The church is full of half-hearted people that are not willing to say, if we want to see revival, it will cost us something. Everything. Ask the disciples. Ask Jesus. It cost him his life. We all want to see the difference in our families, in our marriages, but it will cost you something. And I'm here to challenge you. It's time to give God our hearts totally and hold back nothing and say we break the spirit of Delilah. Delilah is not going to afflict me anymore. The spirit of Delilah will not control us anymore. We are going to be a people that are free. Somebody shout, I'm free. But I've also, what I realize, some of us are tired. Hopefully nobody's sleeping, yeah? Okay. But sometimes you are in a service and people are sleeping. And maybe the reason is they're just tired. And it's no excuse. But they are tired. And what I felt in my spirit, there's a pastor sitting here. There's a business person sitting here. And you're just tired of all the fighting. You started 2019 and you believed God for breakthroughs. But it's attack after attack after attack. And now you're so tired. Emotionally, you're tired. Physically, you are tired. But I'm, I'm here to tell you during this weekend, you are going to be refreshed. There's a wind of refreshing blowing through this place. From last night with Pastor Bruce and tonight and tomorrow with Prophet um, Andre, I want to say God is releasing something new over your life. I want to say you're going back with new strength. I want to declare 2020 is going to be your best year. 2020 is going to be the best year for your church. Supernatural provision. I'm here as a testimony once again. What God is busy doing, we've just finished a coffee shop and it cost us about 800,000 rand and we did it cash. I'm not here, you know, to testify, you just, you testify to say, God can do it again. I'm here to tell somebody God can do it again. But it's time for the church to wake up. 
And for those that are tired, I want to say this, the strength from God that is going to raise you up. Somebody say resurrection and a release. See, to be a revived church, we need a resurrection and a release. You can go to John 11 verse 1 in the well-known scripture about Lazarus. Now a certain man was sick named Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary and her sister Martha. These things in verse 11 said he, and after that he said unto them, Our friend Lazarus sleeps, but I go that I may awake him out of sleep. He's on his way to the church. He's going to wake up his church. He's going to wake up. He's on his way. And this giant, this sleeping giant, he's busy waking it up. And he say, wake up, church. The spirit of Delilah has kept us bound, unconscious. We didn't have any effect or any influence, but something's about to happen. The church is rising up. Tell somebody next to you, wake up. He's coming to wake us up. But like I said previously, For us, before we can have an outward reformation, there needs to be an inward transformation. You are praying, God, change my family. You pray, God, change my wife. God, change my husband. Change my children. I'm here to tell you, you need to change. We need a reformation in our cities, in our families, in our marriages. But I want to say, it starts with you. And tonight, there's going to be a transformation. And you are praying, and you're believing, and you're declaring for that the reformation. But let there first come a transformation in your heart. So many of us want to change our lives, our situation. But you need first to change. Rather than asking God to give you a better job, ask God to help you to make you a better worker. Mm -hmm. Before you're asking God for a bigger house, more finances, God, change me. You need to change. You need a resurrection and you need a release. See, dead people cannot change dead situations. And we've got too many sleeping people doing nothing Not making a difference, but he's challenging us. It's time to wake up. It's time to bring that difference. But so many of us, somebody listening to me, you are in a grave and you are bound. You are in that grave of limitation and in that place of lack. And now you're tired of changing just enough to get by. We cannot just get by. It's not just survival anymore. I want to say it's revival. That's what we want. Nothing else will change, but we need a shaking to wake us up. But you need to understand in John 11, he says, He is the resurrection and the life. And to be a revived church, you need to be resurrected and you need to have a release. Because he called Lazarus out of the grave. He called him by name. If you listen, not with your natural ear, you will hear him calling some of you out of the grave. There's situations, things, um, challenges, storms, and now you've given up and now you're in that grave. But God is calling and he's waking up his church. He's calling you out of that grave, that place of deadness, of limitations. He's calling you out. I declare no more limits. You are breaking out. 
but you must hear his voice. He's calling, but the church is waking up, coming out of the grave, and then you see that Lazarus was still bound. John eleven forty four, and he who was dead came forth bound by his hand, his feet with grave clothes, and his face was bound about with a napkin. Jesus said unto him, Loose him and let him go. I'm here to declare to you somebody's coming out of the grave and somebody's going to get victory tonight because you're going to hear in the atmosphere, loose him and let him go. He came out, his feet were bound, his hands were bound, and his face was still bound. And what I heard in my spirit, there's going to be revived dreams. Somebody shout, revived dreams. Shout again, revived dreams. When prophet... John called me and said, preach. The first thing when I heard revived, the first thing I heard revived dreams. Something is about to happen. You are bound and you cannot walk, but God is going to restore some dreams. But sometimes before the fulfillment of a dream, that dream will die. I worked at Atlas Aircraft Corporation for three years. Um, The day I was born, I was born dead, and my father fell on his knees, and he said, God, I will raise him for you, and, I, and life came back, and from that, I just knew I was called. I just knew, and it was like fire shut up in your bones. I went to Bible school, and you know what? When you come out of Bible school, you're ready for that church of 10,000 that it can call you, you know? All the students go through that. Come on. But can I help somebody here? I had that dream. I didn't want to do anything else. Now I'm out of Bible school, and now I'm working at Atlas Aircraft Corporation. And my father worked there for 40 years, and every day I saw him go with an overall, and I said, never in my life will I work with an overall. And that's how I started. (laughs) Going to Atlas Aircraft Corporation for two years as a storeman with an overall. And it felt like that dream was dead. But I'm speaking to somebody here. God is going to revive some dreams. The last day at Bible schools, um, somebody prophesied. And he said, not very long, you will be in the ministry. Do you know how, how long was that? Ten years. I'm here to help somebody in this place. At one stage, you know, then we moved to Marble Hall um, I was working at a place uh, for another four or five years. There was a call to a church in Paris, not Paris, France, Paris, Freistadt. There was a call. I went. I preached there. They said, come, you can, you can be our pastor. And God says, no. And that day, I sacrificed my Isaac. And I went back working. And I said, okay, God, if I must work for the rest of my life, it's fine. But it was like fire shut up in in my bones. But I'm here to encourage somebody. Never thought that God will open doors for us in Marble Hall. Now, after 23 years, I want to say we're seeing that we are having an impact in that whole community. I'm here to encourage you. God is going to revive some dreams. Martin Luther King, he didn't say, I have a complaint. He said, I have a dream. Nowadays, it's, it looks like it's a national sport to complain in South Africa. We complain about everything. 
If you've got a problem with the municipality, stop complaining, have a dream. Mm. Whatever the problem is, stop complaining. We need some people that will begin to wake up. And God wants us to wake up that dreams again. Some of you have given up on some dreams, but during this weekend, during this revived conference, God is waking up again some dreams. Some things you've forgotten about. There's some um, dreams that you said, no, there's no money, there's, I don't have the ability, there's, it can never happen. I'm here to say God is shaking something on the inside of you. He's reviving some dreams. Loose him and let him go. Somebody's feet is going to be loosed, and you're going to walk in that dream again. You will see the fulfillment of what God is doing. Wake up, church. But it starts with a transformation on the outside. It's you that decide, I'm going to hear his voice. Can you hear him calling you out of that grave? You've got all the excuses. You're sitting in that grave, and you say, uh, I'm comfortable there. I've been hurt. I'll rather go back. I want to say, you will die in that grave. If you stay long enough, you're going to die. Lazarus was just sleeping. When you read further on, Jesus was weeping about Lazarus. He's weeping about his church. He's crying about his church. He needs a revived church. Our world is on his way to hell. And let us stop complaining. Let us get out of our graves and say, God, I want to be released. I need resurrection and I need a release. Release me. I need some revived dreams. Somebody shout revived dreams. And then our hands need to be loosed. What I've heard in my spirit, we need revived deeds. Wake up to a significant life. If I can use world shakers language, we need to go from movers to makers to shakers. We need to move from survival to success to significance. From desire to action to results. It's time that we will see the impact and see the miracles. Not just, not just talk about it. It's great to be edified what John G. Lake did. But I want to say we are going to do more. Much more, much, much more. Long enough, and we are edified and built up by those testimonies. But I want to say we're going to do more. But we need to wake up. We need to increase our expectation. We need to say, God, I want everything. And it's going to take us to step out with action. Your life needs to be meaningful. The purpose of life is not to be happy. It's to be useful and making a difference. So many people are hungry for fame, comfort, wealth, and power. But I want to tell you, those rewards create almost as much problems as they solve. Mm. Let us be hungry for meaning. A life that matters. No one should live in this world without trying to find a better way to make it better. Wake up, church. Let the giant wake up today. And be a hero. Somebody said, be your own hero. It's cheaper than a movie ticket. Yeah. Give somebody a high five next to you and say, I'm a hero. Because you've been planted. You've been planted to change the world. Don't stagnate. The enemy will tempt you to do nothing. Just go to church. Somebody will upset you. 
You will get angry with somebody. The enemy will tempt you to sit and do nothing. And now the spirit of Delilah is after our hearts. And now I will serve God just on certain days, not wholeheartedly, but God is saying he wants your whole heart. He wants your everything. You will be tempted. Let me read you this. A couple was struggling to make ends meet after building their dream home. One day they went shopping. The man went to the men's clothing section and the wife to the women's section. And, and he said to her, there's no money. Don't buy anything. She went. She came back with a dress of 10,000 rand. He said, what did you do? There's not money. She said, I saw this dress. I put it on. And I was tempted. The husband said, have you not heard? You must just say to the devil, get behind me. She said, I did that. And he said, you look much better from behind. <laughs> you will be tempted. The enemy fears you. We will sing louder and louder. What are we going to sing louder and louder? See, the enemy is whispering in your ear. The storm is telling you, you're not going to make it. This is the end. Do you know what are we going to say louder and louder? I am the storm. Ah, come on. Tell somebody, I am the storm. I am the storm. How long are you going to be intimidated by the storm and what the enemy is doing? I'm here to tell some part, go back, you are the storm. Come on, that city will not stay the same. We are going back revived. And we are reviving our dreams. We are reviving our deeds. We are not going to be a passive church. We are stepping out. We are going to take God at His word. And the next one, we will have revived discernment. The eyes, the ears, the mouth. Grave clothes, cover that. We need to see, hear, and speak. I think Prophet John mentioned something about a sound. It says in Psalms 89, 15, Blessed is the people that know the joyful sound. They shall walk, O Lord, in the light of your countenance. See, Christianity is not about do you believe, but do you hear. We are trying to convince people to believe what we... They must just hear what we are hearing. You will always struggle in your church. You are preaching, you're doing, and you're trying to convince them, believe what I believe. They must hear what you are hearing. Do you hear something different from what the world hears? See, followers of Jesus hear something different. Evangelism is not getting people to believe this or that, and they will be saved. Evangelism is getting people to hear it for themselves. How long do we need, come on people, come to church, believe. But when they hear what you are hearing, you don't have to say anything. In our days, you don't have to send me an SMS to remind me to come to church. Nowadays, you must send, remind, remember, there's Sunday this, there's this guest speaker, there's this. I want to say, when we served God, nobody had to tell me to go. I want every opportunity I was there. I was hungry for God. Where's the hungry people? But now we are sitting with churches asleep, unconscious, not making an impact, but something is changing. I can hear it in the atmosphere. There's a revived church that are resurrected and they are released. Somebody shout resurrected and released. See, what you hear, you will begin to declare. Do you hear the joyful sound? 
When you declare that, you will walk in the light of His countenance. See, if we hear from heaven and release it on the earth, it will happen. But because we don't hear anything, we cannot say anything. It's time for us not just to look, but to see. See, God gives you vision so that you don't have to live by what you look at. We look at the natural. I'm here to tell you, there is hope for South Africa. There is hope for my children. There is hope for my grandchildren in South Africa. But we are at that place. What we do now will determine the future. We are fighting. And what we did in the beginning of the service, something, we shifted something. And we need to go and release that into the atmosphere. But it will take a people that are alive, that have been revived. Somebody shout, revived. See, sight will bring insight. We need to see. We need to hear. And we need to speak. Your words create your world. You are never more like God than when you use your words to speak the truth of His will for our lives into existence. He spoke things into existence. Can I challenge you, pastors? Raise your words, not your voice. It is rain that grows flowers, not thunder. Let us declare, not just shouting it, but let there be something in our voices that will begin to declare it. I declare that we are going to have revived dreams, revived deeds, revived discernment. Some of you are walking in that place. You cannot see, you cannot hear, you cannot speak. Some of you, your hands have been bound, your feet have been bound, but I'm here to declare, lose them and let them go. Amen. They're coming out of their graves, and you are going to be released. This is another thing that you can preach about. Um, I don't have time going there. Jesus said, come out of the grave, but you need people to be released. You need a local church. You need to be in a place Jesus said, go and lose them. You need other people in your life so that they can help you to get victory in your life. See, a revived church carries the image of the risen Christ. Are you implanted or imprinted? When a duckling is born, he's imprinted. Whoever that, if it's a mother duck, he knows, this is my mother, and he will follow that mother. It's imprinted. If he, something happens and that duck is born, and now he sees a dark mother, it's imprinted, and he will follow. Even a human, because it's imprinted. See, many Christians follow Christ, but they were just being imprinted with a culture of religion. Go back to Germany, the Nazis. They did everything in the name of Christianity. They were imprinted. But I'm here to tell you, if we've been resurrected by Christ and we've been released, we are not just imprinted with a model for behavior, but we are implanted with Christ Himself. It's Christ in you. See, to be a Christian is, is literally to share the resurrection life of Jesus. We are implanted with a person, not imprinted with a principle. Tell the person next to you, you need a transformation. 
Romans 2 verse 4. Or did you think that because he's such a nice God, he will let you off the hook? Better think this one through from the beginning. God is kind, but he's not soft. In kindness, he takes us firmly by the hand and leads us into a radical life change. We want to see revived churches, growing disciples with transformed communities. We are asking tonight, God, give us revived churches. We are calling for people to live transformed lives. You need to change. Not the one behind you. Not you. Say, I need to change. And I know there's so many challenges in our world. Maybe in your family, there's so many things. But God says, there's coming a reformation. There's coming a reformation. But before there will be a reformation, there needs to be an inner transformation. And tonight as you close your eyes, it starts with you. Change starts with you. I've spoken about the spirit of Delilah. My question to you tonight is, does your heart wholly belong to God? Maybe Delilah is busy afflicting you. Now she's controlling you. Maybe you're standing here in this place and you're just tired. There's so many things and you are sleeping. Some are sleeping because of the spirit of Delilah. Some are sleeping because they're just tired. But God is calling you out of your grave. God is calling you to come out. Can you hear His voice? You need to come out. Respond to His voice. He says, come out. Some have been resurrected, but there is no release. Some have lost their dreams. God wants to revive your dreams. He wants to revive your deeds. And He wants to revive your discernment. You are saying tonight, I need to change. I need to come out of that dead situation. Just for a moment, begin to pray. Respond to the Spirit of God in this moment that is demanding you to change. In what area has the enemy kept you bound? He wants freedom in your life. He wants breakthrough in your life. If you are responding tonight and you just say, I need revived dreams. I need revived discernment. I need to step out and take action. Just raise your hands. Come on, just for a moment. Just for a moment, just begin to cry out to God. Say, God, I'm coming out. I thank you, Father, that I can release now in this moment. Loose them and let them go. Come out of that situation. Come out of that thing that have bound you, kept you in the same place. This new year, this is a new season. This new season is not going to be the same. 
He's waiting for you to, to stand up and make a decision. Some of you are struggling with the same thing. You're in and you're out. There needs to be a transformation. Come out of that situation. The enemy is lying to you. He's lying about your family, lying about your finances. I want to declare he's lying about your church. You are going to see the difference. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Step out. Step out into the new. Declare with me and say, Father God, today I surrender wholeheartedly to you. Delilah has got no influence upon my life. I surrender completely to you. Today, I'm coming out of my grave. Today, I receive new dreams. Thank you, God. From today, I can see, I can hear, and I can declare. I will be a person of action. Today, I'm stepping out. And just for a moment, thank God for your freedom. Thank God for your freedom. I see somebody's coming out. I see somebody. There's a new season for your church. There's a new season for your family. I want to declare and I want to say to you that marriage is not going to be destroyed. Come on, believe God. That marriage is coming out of that grave. I speak life. He is the resurrection and the life. I declare resurrection and a release. Come on, shout it into the atmosphere. Resurrection and a release. There's a release over your finances. I want to declare that business is multiplying. 2020 will be your year of double. Your year of double in the name of Jesus. You are not going to stay in the same place, going in circles anymore. Thank you, and we declare it in Jesus' name. Father, we thank you for transformation. Can you just take the hand of the person next to you? And Father, we know if there's an inner transformation, there will be an outward reformation. Father, at this moment, different churches, different families, different people standing together in unity. Father, we pray at this moment, and we want to declare, wake up the sleeping church. I want you just for a moment begin to pray. Just for a moment begin to pray. If you've walked out of your grave, if you are free and you're not bound anymore, you've experienced transformation, now you can begin to speak into this atmosphere and we declare over South Africa that the church, the sleeping giant is waking up. The church is waking up. In Jesus' name, I thank you, Father. I thank you that the church will step in. And in the midst of the storm, the church is waking up. Jonah is not sleeping in the boat anymore. Wise virgins are waking up. Lazaruses are being risen from the dead. And we declare that we are alive. And we are going to see the difference. We thank you, Jesus. 
just for a moment, lift up your hands and begin to thank God for the victory. Thank God for the victory. Let's, let's just thank Him. That was a powerful word. That was a prophetic word. That was a word in season. Come on, let's just say thank you, Jesus. atmospheres tonight and, 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 and in revival we've heard things tonight but often things are more caught than taught so there's been a catching in your spirit tonight you've caught something you've caught the sound this is a message that we need to take serious and take to heart amen and um, but, but you caught something tonight you caught something you're going to come alive even in your dream life, um, as far as actual dreams, the enemy has tried to sow confusion to that prophetic insight and ability that you have. And you've been dreaming more like nightmares and fearful things. And it's because he's trying to affect your ability to hear and to act like God, to see and to speak like God. And so he's brought fear, and many of you have, have had disturbed dreams. Just raise your hands if that's you. Many, many, many. Look at that. Look at all the hands. I could feel the disturbed dreams and the fears that are, are coming through in the dreams, and it's because of what God is doing and because of what God is about to do that he's trying to cloud the vision. He's trying to muddy the waters. But God is releasing you from that. So just raise your hands again. I release you from disturbed dreams. I release you from fearful dreams. I release you from dreams that are more like nightmares in the name of Jesus. And by the Holy Spirit, I'm stirring up those faculties of, that God has put inside. I'm taking the grave clothes off even of the prophetic inside where vision is born and where vision has, is spoken and it's going to come clear. It's going to come clear. Your dreams are going to change. Tonight, tonight your dreams will be different. Tonight you'll start dreaming visionary type dreams, prophetic type dreams. You will dream anointed dreams. You will dream dreams where you see yourself and God in, in cooperation doing great things. That's going to change. This is a move. This is a move. 